All right, welcome back to the weekly walk and talk. Although we will be talking this week and not walking. Why? Because I've spent the entire morning since first thing this morning out on the farm, not my farm, unfortunately, but on the farm. And uh, let's just say I got extremely wet. I'm sat here right now. My feet are drenched. My boots are drenched. My jeans are soaking wet. Uh, the only thing that's dry is my t-shirt. And since I don't have a waterproof camera or any way to go and do this without getting all of my equipment drenched because it is still pouring down with rain, I thought it'd be easier if we just sat in the car and had a nice little one-on-one -on -one, uh, chat here today. And actually, I've never done a video sat in the car before, but I've watched a lot of people who have sat in their car and made videos, and I've quite enjoyed it. It's quite peaceful, especially when you've got the rain in the background. So the first article I want to get started with today is around India. Now, this is a little bit strange what we've been hearing about India and their wheat production. So we know for a fact that India produces 107 million tons, or let's just call it over 100 million tons of wheat production per year. Now, they were talking in March, and again, there's a lot of in the Indian media, about ramping up production by 220%. So that's a lot because that would put them on par with China, actually, as one of the largest producers, maybe even above China, of wheat in the entire world. And that was so they could export their wheat and make more income off of their wheat exports. So who are the top importers then of Indian wheat? Number one is Bangladesh. Number two is Nepal. Number three is the UAE, United Arab Emirates. Four is Sri Lanka. Then it's Yemen, Afghanistan, Qatar, Indonesia, Oman, and Malaysia. Now, why is this a little bit interesting? Well, I'll tell you, some of these countries on here are the ones that are talking about having food shortages shortly. Why? Well, now we're hearing, and I don't know if this is confirmed yet because we haven't heard for a fact, but there's now reports that India may uh, do a U-turn on all of this new wheat export. And what we're hearing is that they might want to use this wheat for their own citizens. So if that happens, that would be pretty serious for the rest of the world, in particular those countries. So I think this is something for us to monitor from a food point of view, because I mean, this could lead to all sorts of food crises in countries that already have right now a major food crisis. Now, another article that was out this week didn't get a huge amount of media attention, but I thought it was quite interesting. I would love you to drop your comment below. Tell me what you think about this. Are you ready? Here we go. Pope Francis has just come out and made a statement saying Putin didn't start the war in Ukraine. NATO did by barking at Putin's door. I thought that was a really, really unusual statement and really quite an unusual a sort of media report because it sort of goes against everything else that we're seeing in the mainstream media on a day-to-day -day basis. So I just find it really strange that that was put out in the mainstream media. It's sort of, it's a bizarre one to me why they would actually put that in there. Okay, the next one then is the USA has just raised interest rates by 50 
basis points. This is huge. This is an enormous interest rate rise. Uh, one that I said would happen, but a lot of people said they would never do it by this sort of number. It's too high. They haven't done that in decades and they wouldn't do it. Well, they've done it. And now just watch what this does to the housing market as well, especially a 30 year mortgage rate. You're going to see this uh, go up dramatically. And remember what I was saying about the mortgage rate. You've probably got 7% and before you sort of price out a lot of the people that buy houses, their affordability will get priced out at somewhere around 7%. In fact, the Bank of England also just raised the base rate as well by 25 basis points. Now, UK mortgage companies take a little bit longer, they're a little bit slower than the US to actually add those interest rate rises on, but they will get added on to mortgages very shortly. And then we also have Australia as well. So they've raised their base rate to 0.35%. And this is on top of what's their inflation rate. So their inflation rate is 5.1% at the moment. Again, a lot of people said uh, Australia wouldn't have high levels of inflation, but yet here we now are. And as I have said over and over again, it is going to get worse. But you know, even with these base rate rises of 25 basis points or 0.25% or half a percent seems like a lot and the central bankers make it out as if this is a big deal we're raising rates massively and, and all this sort of stuff it really when you compare this to inflation of what do we have 5.1% Australia 7.5% UK 8% USA etc when you have these levels of inflation even a half a percent interest rate rise is like going to a forest fire with a bucket of water and throwing it on. It's not going to slow down the inflation. As I've said since the be well, pretty much the beginning, there was a tiny period of a few weeks where I thought it could be transitory. Um, but that was until I noticed that actually what was causing most of the inflation was supply chain breakdowns so the breakdown of globalization. It was energy inputs and it was food inputs. Uh, also rent as well, we've got to add rent in there. And a lot of these are the biggest expenditures of a lot of families, a lot of households. So when you have high levels of energy inputs and high levels of uh, food costs, it's going to have that knock-on effect. It's going to draw out people's affordability. And after all this time of the media and economists saying, everything's gonna be fine, don't worry, you know, strongest economy we've ever had and all this sort of business. Yeah, strongest economy we've ever had due to excess currency creation. There's a difference between quantitative easing, where it stays in sort of the banking system, and stimulus. You see, they're completely different. One of them stays in the banking system, the other gets given to the people, and that's where you get velocity of money. That money goes into the economy, and it is the inflation of the currency supply, but yet you've still got the same amount of goods and services. So you're gonna have inflation. Now that's one aspect, but again, we've covered the others with energy and food costs and all the other stuff. So this is why I don't think this inflation is going away. Some economists are still saying it's transitory and it is going away. I think it's persistent and I think we're gonna keep seeing this, especially with more sanctions now. I think we're going to see more and more inflation coming. In fact, we just had the numbers on the US trade deficit and it is. Imports are up by 10.3% and there was a 22.3% gap of 110 
billion dollars. I mean, that is really, really serious numbers there for the USA. It's not going to end well with a, a sort of trade gap like this. Another warning we just had um, over the last couple of days then. Uh, so these are food items potentially in the UK that could be rationed. Number one is chicken. Number two is pasta. Again, no surprise here. Chicken, avian, you know, avian flu, pasta, wheat. We know about these. Beer, again, hops. Uh, another sausages. This one for those of you that like your sausages, they could be rationed. Bread and eggs. Again, bread, flour, wheat, eggs comes from chickens. So it shouldn't come as a, a major surprise here, but it is something for you to prepare for. And just remember with preparation, especially food preparation as well. I keep hearing a lot of people talking about, well, you know, if we do start to get food shortages, I'm going to start growing food and I've got seeds and I've got this and I've got, you know, fertilizer or compost and, and whatever else. Uh, and a lot of people think that they can grow enough food to live on in their backyard or, or something like that. Yeah, it is possible. It is possible. But in all likelihood, you know, this is my first year of ever growing crops and, and stuff like that. And when I say crops, that's probably an over overstatement there. I'm growing food or vegetables in pots. OK, so that's uh, more realistic. You know, we're talking about 50 different pots of vegetables here, you know, and everything from potatoes. So these are outdoors. So potatoes and aubergines and carrots and lettuce and cabbages and broccoli, uh, radishes and all these sort of things. But I'm not sort of delusional. I'm not fooling myself to, to think that, you know, I'm going to just grow all this food and I'm going to survive and eat all this food. For me, I like vegetables. I eat a lot of vegetables anyway, but I see it more as part of a healthy lifestyle and also supplementing my current food and the, and the food I have stored up and, 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 you know, whatever I'm still able to buy. If we do have major issue and we have rationing and food shortages and stuff like that. So the reason I'm sort of sharing this with you is because I'm seeing so many people thinking that they're just gonna you know at the last minute start growing stuff and all these things I'll tell you mistakes I've learned straight away just in the last uh, three weeks since I've been growing lots of things number one slugs came and ate half of the radishes well the leaves the the sort of radish itself was still okay but slugs came through and ate it all another one i had something else come in i have no idea what it was but just ate half of the uh, plants as well so this is just a couple of things that i've learned straight away there's honestly so much to learn about all of this sort of stuff so i really do think that if if this is something you want to do and you want to be growing vegetables and you want to be it takes a huge amount of effort energy time and learning i've already read two or three books already just on growing vegetables and crops so if you haven't started yet i would say that now is the time to start there's probably never been a better time than right now to actually get started with all of your preparation and it's not just growing things and, and the like. It's also about making sure you have enough food prepped. And it's not just even food, actually. There's a lot of other items that you need to make sure that you've got. I don't know if you remember, but last year I was talking about how the, in the USA you would see water shortages. And it would start in California and also Nevada. So you see in California, Nevada, and also Arizona. Well, we've just had the first sort of stage of this come out. Let me read this out. Water levels have crashed in Southern California, and the media says that residents will now experience severe droughts 
this year. California will now impose water restrictions from the 1st of June with a 35% water reduction for those areas using the state water project. All right, and the final story then is that President Biden has announced that the USA is refilling the strategic oil reserves. Uh, obviously, they're not mentioning that they're doing it at now this incredibly inflated price point. All right, well, thanks for tuning in today. I really appreciate it. Always enjoy to speak with you. Take care. God bless. Have a wonderful weekend and I'll see you next week.